Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, and welcome to In All Honesty, the podcast where you get the honest answers you didn't know you needed. My name is Michelle Elman, and I'm a five-board accredited life coach, and I use my knowledge from this to answer all the questions that have been on your mind lately. This week, we are talking about romantic relationships. I've done an episode on dating, and probably will do another one at some point, and I term that as essentially any phase before you become official. And so let's term this episode as any phase that you are after you are official, after you put a label on things. And I understand not everyone puts a label on their relationship and that labels don't really matter because I don't know about you, but some of the most casual relationships that never really had an official label meant more to me than the boyfriends that I had for months. So to me, it doesn't mean anything, but just as a differentiator, that is the difference between these two episodes. And it is said that relationships become like a mirror. Since they are our most intimate relationships, it's definitely the fastest way to see your shadow. The shadow is a term that is used in personal development. And I know in life in general, it's normally said in a negative way, but that's a judgment. If you call anything negative or positive, that's a judgment. We all have a shadow side to us and the best way to explain it is that it's the side of ourselves we can't see but our partners can which is why they are so good at pushing our buttons. I don't know about you but in my romantic relationships whether they've lasted or not I find I learn the most about myself. And I'm always learning new things in these relationships because they have access to my shadow better than I do. Within these relationships, there have been times I've seen my shadow in full force and there have also been times when I've been so proud of myself because I can practically see my self-growth and personal development work I do in action within a relationship. And sometimes it's just a little bit easier to see when you're with someone else than if you're working on it by yourself. For example, I remember a specific instance in my last relationship this year where I got really vulnerable with someone and I used to really struggle with that and I would get really defensive if I felt unsafe rather than communicating it. And because we had a messy start, well actually it wasn't really a messy start so much as we were in a casual relationship, 
then the pandemic happened then without seeing each other we stayed in contact uh, over text and before I knew it I started liking him more than I realized I would and so then had to communicate that and tell him that god knows what would have happened if the pandemic didn't happen 2020 is odd anyway there was a point where our wires were getting crossed and our communication was going downhill and it wasn't helped by the fact that we were in the middle of pandemic and couldn't see each other so I was setting boundaries left and right and then my life coach was like hold on take responsibility for your side of the street you changed the rules of this relationship and you didn't even let him know. So that's what I did. I got vulnerable and let him know that I felt differently about him and he reciprocated that he felt the same way, which was quite a shock to me. Anyway, it was literally in one of these moments where I was like, forget him, even if this doesn't last, I'm so proud of me because I wouldn't have done that a few years ago. And through these conversations, I communicated the best way I have ever done in anything romantic and apologised for my part, which, as a stubborn Leo, has definitely been my Achilles heel to conquer, especially when I don't want to apologise because I don't feel like I should be the person apologising. I think we've all been there. Learning to apologise and accept that they might not apologise as well has been a huge life skill. And in that conversation, I apologised, put it out there and just waited to see what he would say back. And whilst I think you can learn it with friends and family, I learn a lot of this in romantic relationships. Also, small disclaimer, part of the reason I wanted to have this podcast was Instagram sometimes feels a little bit too open that people who don't follow me can find my page and comment on whatever I've put out there. And like everyone has a free fall on my life and anything I say is so heavily scrutinised. So what you might find as we go along on this podcast is I am more open to share things about my love life like I just did. Because let's be honest, haters and trolls don't go to the effort of listening to a podcast. And I like that because it makes me feel like we have this space to share things with you uh, that won't be going online. I mean, this is technically online, but it won't be shared anywhere else. But I thought I'd just explain that a little in case you were like, whoa, you didn't mention a relationship this year or wow, you're so much more open on here. Yes, I am. You get vulnerable in your voice notes and I get vulnerable in what I share from my own life. And that's how this podcast is going to roll. I say that as if I'm on the first episode, but this is actually the last episode of season one. So let's get into the questions. Hi Michelle, so me and my husband are both 30, we've been together for 7 years and married for 1. I've always wanted children and although he says he does one day, he's always making excuses and moving the goalposts. It's always in a few years, when we have a house, when and where I want to be in my career, when we have more money or when we've visited all these different countries that we can't take a baby to. I feel so angry that he gets to call all the shots and won't give me a concrete answer. I'm just so ready to start a family and it makes me so sad that he won't take this seriously and just brushes me off every time. And he gets angry when I bring it up so I have to try and stop mentioning it. But every time I see a family with kids I feel like I want to cry because I'm worried he'll never be ready and I'll never have that with him. Please help. Lots of love. Kay. Hey Kay. I'm not surprised you're angry. Assuming you got married under the agreement that you would have kids one day, I would feel angry too because I would feel like a promise has been broken and I would get even angry at the fact that just the conversation alone leads him to be angry with me because 
You have a right to be angry and he should accept that changing your plans means you are allowed to have a reaction to those changes of plans. The fact that he gets angry suggests that he is defensive about it because he knows what he is doing is not fair. When you say he gets angry so you have to stop mentioning it, no you actually don't. So his anger is his response and reaction and he is allowed to have that. But you also need to have your needs and you don't need to amend your response based on his response. And currently the need you have that needs to be met is first of all, you want a conversation about children. Second of all, you want a concrete timeline of when you're going to start trying for a baby. And third of all, one of your needs is actually having a child. Being honest, the bigger warning sign or red flag in all of this is the fact that he can't have a conversation about it. I say this a lot, but as long as you can communicate about something, you can work it out. You can work through most things. But when someone halts the communication or won't even engage in it properly, then there's not much room to budge. And sometimes you have to take that as the answer you're looking for because that is an answer. It also puts a wall up which prevents intimacy and connection, not just in the conversations about kids, but in the entire relationship. And if you look closely, you can see how it's affected your relationship as a whole. The first thing I would do is I would find a time when you are both in neutral moods, actually even in a positive mood, like after you've had a great day out together. Then I would sit down and say that you both need to have a serious conversation and that you need a commitment on whether he wants kids. Open up the conversation with a curiosity mindset, asking if there's anything he is concerned about or scared about. The likely postponement of kids is due to fear. He's scared of something, whether it's commitment or something very practical like money. And I'll just be honest with your feelings. After all, you are married and just say, it really hurts me and upsets me when you push me away when we try to have this conversation. I want to know what you're feeling and what you're thinking. I want to have a proper conversation about it where we can actually make a decision together like a team. Ultimately, you need to have in your mind that if this person can't provide you what you want, then that's a call on your relationship you need to make. It's not fair to keep stringing you along and that if he never wanted kids but was scared to lose you, he should have said that. Then you just need to know and then you can make your decision. All these excuses about travel and getting things done. Your life doesn't cease to exist the moment you have kids. Of course it becomes harder, but this is about priorities. And if your priority is a child, whereas his priority is life goals like traveling, then that's the problem. But it's also important to consider that when you're married to a person, you have mutual goals and it seems like his family goals are not aligning with yours. And more importantly, what you both value in your love life is not matching. All of this would be a lot more manageable if he was able to communicate about it, but as I said, the fact he won't even have a conversation about it will lead to greater hurt and rejection. So whilst you said angry, I think if you went under that anger, you would also find sadness, hurt and fear. Let yourself access all of these softer emotions and do your best to communicate that when you speak to him about it. I'm sending you so much love. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This week, in Dissecting Dysfunctional Conversations, we are talking normal people. Every week, I dissect dysfunctional conversations that I see on TV and we use it as an opportunity to improve our own communication. I absolutely fell in love with normal people and funnily enough, it was one of those shows I explained in the first episode where people are like, how can you love it? You love communication and they can't communicate. In fact, one of the critiques of the shows is that the whole storyline or plot wouldn't exist if they could communicate. I don't buy that though, because you could say that about anything in life. How many situations and conversations exploded when they didn't have to because one person couldn't communicate or two? The scene I want to talk about in Normal People is one where Marianne, one of the main characters, is dating this absolute arrogant tool and her ex-boyfriend, Connell, the other main character, comes to visit them in their villa. I think it's in Italy, but I can't remember fully. An ex-boyfriend and a boyfriend sitting across from each other at dinner is never going to be a great scenario. And this dinner scene ends up being one of those classic dinners where you can cut the tension with a knife and there is more not being said than being said. If you've ever been in one of those dinners, it's really awkward and you just want to get out of there as soon as possible. The moment they sit down, he complains that the glasses they are using are not proper champagne glasses and the comments continue through dinner in what we call in life coaching, one-upping comments. It's comments where you elevate yourself and put yourself in a one-up position and you put someone else in the one-down position. So if you consider her boyfriend Jamie is really insecure about her ex-boyfriend being there and he feels like he can't compete with the love they had, he then tries to compete with wealth because he's richer than her ex and culture and being more worldly because he comes from a higher class upbringing. When Marianne mentions that the champagne glasses are her dad's and that her dad has passed away, he retorts with a heavily sarcastic, oh I didn't realise this was such an emotional issue for you, I'm terribly sorry. He continues to take jabs throughout the dinner but in a scene like this where her ex-boyfriend was there, you would think that you'd want to show that you're really in love and have the perfect relationship but this boyfriend clearly had narcissistic tendencies and a narcissist will be annoyed any time the attention is away from them. There is almost a power move in being able to treat your girlfriend badly in front of her ex and her ex can't do anything about it and it's almost saying look I treat her badly and she still says. 
on Marianne's side because her dad passed away and she's grown up around an abusive brother that is how you end up modeling all your interactions with men on that sibling relationship especially because her brother was older later she asked her ex why she can't make people love her when you've grown up around abuse you then attract other people who echo that because that's what you know it's what's familiar and anything better than that will feel too good to be true and therefore unsafe and untrustworthy when it's actually the other way around it's such a sad scene but overall it's a beautiful show and I rarely describe shows as beautiful but it takes you on such a journey with it and I was totally absorbed into the story and now I just need to find some time to read the book I'm actually going to try to do that over Christmas Hi Michelle, I'm sending a voice note on long-term relationships. Um, This is in regards to my partner. I think it would be considered long-term. It's been six years. We lived together. We moved in together about three years ago. And I feel like I am carrying a lot of the responsibility. Uh, I am carrying a lot of the responsibility financially, but... Um, especially more so now because of COVID, I've been fortunate being a frontline worker that I've continued to work and my partner has received, uh, government assistance through, through the benefits available because of COVID. Uh, we are in Canada, uh, just for, uh, positionality. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I think, I feel like this is all going to come down to boundaries. Um, but I don't feel strong enough to set a boundary um, because it'll feel like an ultimatum. And I don't know if maybe it's the way that I'll phrase it, if that's what'll not make it seem like an ultimatum. I know your your new book is coming out. I believe it's in February and it's all about boundaries. Um, I don't know what I have to do differently. I, I don't know what I have to say differently I also feel like I try to hear my partner's perspective and their point of view and understand that, but I can't help feeling like there's no future really vulnerably when I think about marrying my partner. I I wouldn't want to because I wouldn't want to be married. I wouldn't want to be in this position for the rest of my life and then the question comes up, well, why am I in this position now? what makes it okay now and not okay for the rest of my life because before I know it it'll be 10 years from now and I'm just going to be miserable um and I don't know if I'm just waiting for them to change Uh, I I guess ultimately it's a question around long-term relationships and setting those boundaries so they don't feel like ultimatums but how do you let them know like I I need this to change and and I need it to change because I, I can't and I won't do it any longer the way that it's being done. Uh, okay, thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much for your question. The first thing I want to say to you is you already know the answer to your question. You could almost hear you answering your own question the more you spoke. And that's a wonderful, beautiful thing because I truly believe we can have all the answers within us and sometimes we just need a little help getting there and sometimes saying things out loud makes you realise it. I wanted to include this voice note because everything you said is so important and you aren't the only one who faces these forks in the road. The main thing I want to ask you is are you only carrying the responsibility of the relationship financially 
all the responsibility of the entire relationship because you said one initially and then you specified it down to money but my intuition is saying it's not just about money it rarely is the money is an example of a broader issue I want to ask are you always the one moving the relationship forward are you the one making plans are you the one putting in more effort You need to ask yourself these questions and get honest with your answers. The difference between an ultimatum and a boundary is that an ultimatum is a threat and it's about them. A boundary is about you and what you need. How you phrase it is the difference between I need this need to be met and I need you to meet that need. One depends on the idea that you will get the need met even if it means leaving the relationship. I want you to remove the idea that what you do or what you say or how you word things is going to affect the outcome of your relationship. When you set a boundary, you have to remove any expectation of how the other person is going to respond. It's not the fact that you are not strong enough to set a boundary. It's more the fact that you're afraid of the consequence of the boundary. You are scared setting the boundary means there will be no change and the boundary won't be accepted. And most of all, you are scared to admit what you already know. You know many things about your relationship, but if you were to say it out loud, it would lead to a spiral of events, which when you've been in a relationship for six years, means a lot about your future. And that's scary. And that's okay to admit. If it is just about the money, and that's okay too. Money is a difficult subject. And when we talk about it, people always come across as shallow to want a certain amount of money or even a balance between two partners in income. But it's okay to want that. Money brings a lot of issues into a relationship. In fact, it's shown it's one of the most common fights in partners and to not want to have the disparity in incomes is a value that you need to have met in your relationship, then that's okay. Societally, we always say that love should be so overwhelming that money shouldn't matter, but love is sometimes not enough. Sometimes we need the values and the lifestyles to match up and that's okay. For me personally, my point of view on all of this changed when a friend broke up with her partner because their income started becoming an issue. I asked her questions on it and she ended up saying to me the money thing always became a repetitive fight. She worked hard for her money and she felt she could never enjoy it. She couldn't live the lifestyle she could afford and when she would want to go to a nice restaurant for her birthday for example and he said he couldn't afford it, she would offer to pay but then there was always this underlying feeling of resentment from both parties that led to more and more fights over time. For some couples this might not be the case and you'd be happy to pay for everything willingly without an even share or even split. And for others, that's not the case. And who is anyone else to judge? They frankly don't have the right to. So if you're feeling any shame around this, then don't. You are allowed to have requirements for your relationships that other people might not need. Ultimately, as you said, you are right. If it's an issue now, what's going to change in a few years? If you feel like there's no future after living together for three years and six years altogether, this is going to be painful no matter when you end it. And unfortunately, it only gets more painful over time. I understand holding out hope for them to change but you need to be honest with yourself and ask yourself if they want to change or if you want them to change because if the motivation to change isn't coming from them then yes the change can be temporary but that's all it will ever be. My answer isn't an optimistic one but I hope it's coming as confirmation to what you already know. You can do this, you are strong enough and I believe in you. Today's three quick tips are on how to have healthy communication in a relationship. Number one, take yourself out of the situation. 
Before sitting down to a difficult conversation, I always find it helpful to take myself out of the situation and imagine myself from a third person perspective, like a fly on the wall. See it from their side, see how you're coming across. From the third person perspective, it's a lot easier to see that you both have a mutual goal and that you both want to achieve the same outcome. To be honest, this can even help with menial conversations like who is folding the laundry. From the third person perspective, you can see that it benefits both of you for the laundry to get done and realigning the purpose of the conversation is important to direct the flow of conversation. Number two, don't forget to ground yourself, reground. Don't be afraid to stop and reset. If the conversation gets too heated or is moving in too many different directions, call for a pause and then reiterate, I love you, I want to resolve this together, we are on the same team. Give them a second to respond and if they continue to escalate it, then state, this is not a productive conversation right now, let's put this on ice and check back in an hour. One thing I've also used is saying, I don't know the solution to this problem right now, but what I do know is I love you and I want to work on this to come up with a solution that suits us both. We don't need all the answers to want to work on it together. Number three, change the physiology. A lot of the time we go into these conversations ready for a fight and our body acts the same way. So it's also okay to pause, agree to both take a deep breath together, or even shake out all the tension and stress and then try this again. Your physiology is so connected to the way we communicate and becoming aware of that is so helpful in order to realize how you're being perceived. You know when you walk into a room and you already know someone is angry before they've even spoken? That's because of body language. And you know when your mum says your name in a certain tone, she's annoyed? That's because of her tone. All of this is important to change if you want to have a productive conversation. Hi Michelle. I've been catching myself feeling jealous of a very specific male friend of my boyfriend. I know he's not attracted to him and he's not even his best friend. I mean, they don't even spend that much time together at all. But this specific friend has made some very weird and possessive comments about my boyfriend to me before. And he's just left me feeling really anxious and really exhausted in my skin. So I wonder what your thoughts are on jealousy and the roots of it, especially concerning your partner's friends. Lots of love from an anonymous sweet ass. I love how in the last episode I said someone was the first person to take me up on the agony aunt style name and now I've just got another. I don't know why but my brain actually thought you were going to say anonymous Swede, like Sweden. Anyway, onto your question. Jealousy is a big topic and if you want an episode on it then listeners send me in some voice notes on jealousy. So onto your question. First up, Jealousy doesn't have to only occur within a romantic context. In terms of just because this friend is not romantically or sexually attracted to your partner doesn't mean that you don't have a right to your feelings. When you said you feel anxious and exhausted in your skin, that is a sign that your boundaries are being crossed and you need to say something about it. I think sometimes we make a really big thing about it and we think it has to be really confrontational, but even saying something as simple as, oh, that makes me feel weird, that's a bit of a weird thing to say. If it then continues, you can actually say, it makes me feel uncomfortable that you're so possessive over my partner. It doesn't actually matter what this friend says. It matters how it makes you feel. And because the words were said to you, I would say it directly to the friend in the moment. But if you worry that might affect your relationship with your boyfriend, then you have to have a conversation with your boyfriend. Open it in a very curious way, asking, 
Have you ever thought he makes odd or possessive comments about you? Or Fraser as, your friend said this, do you think that's weird? If your boyfriend sees no issue, then you can easily say, I know it doesn't bother you, but I'll be honest in saying it makes me uncomfortable and I'd prefer if he didn't make those comments. And in terms of possessiveness, I think any possessiveness, either in friendship or a relationship, isn't healthy. People are separate humans and no one relationship is a competition or in conflict with another relationship existing. The only time it's in conflict is when the person prioritises one party over another. In this situation, it sounds like whilst you're not being possessive and your boyfriend is not either, your friend is. And unfortunately, the natural reaction to when someone gets possessive is to get possessive back. But I would warn you against this and instead just put stronger boundaries over what is and what is not okay. What you will and what you won't tolerate. You are allowed to do that. It is your right because it is your relationship and it is affecting you. Then you are the one who needs to protect your needs and your relationship. In terms of jealousy, I don't think this actually is jealousy or maybe to put it a better way, I think this is appropriate jealousy and there is inappropriate jealousy. I don't think that you're being jealous about nothing but it could be the case that the friend is jealous of your connection and intimacy that you have with your partner. Even if they're not interested in them themselves, they crave that connection and intimacy and that is probably what you're detecting in some of your interactions. This is why vocalising the impact it's having on you is important because the jealousy is their stuff that they need to sort out and it's got nothing to do with you so you shouldn't have to put up with it. I hope that helps but as I said earlier there are many different sides to jealousy so maybe I'll dig into that in a future episode or actually no I'll dig into that in a future episode if someone sends me three voice notes slash three people send me one voice note about it. Or actually, you can all just send me more and I'll use them in a future, future episode. Thank you so much for your questions and giving me a new episode idea. Every week I end the episode on something I am working on myself to show you that you're not alone and that everyone has stuff that they're working on. The thing I am working on, and to be honest, I'm constantly working on because everything in my job means there are things actually working against me, is my relationship with my phone. My job means that there is a certain amount of time I actually need to be on social media. And then you get hooked to the addictiveness of it. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, I highly recommend it. So every couple of months, I decide to sleep with my phone in another room. And then a few months later, I will find myself slipping backwards And then I have to redo it all over again. So I'm in the middle of redoing it. I'm turning my phone off at 7pm every night, leaving it in the living room. And also, this part is new, trying to not turn it on until after I've had my breakfast. This is new because even in the last six month spell of having my phone in a different room when I slept, I would leap out of bed and walk straight to the living room, pick up my phone and walk back to bed and lie in bed with it as I checked all my social media. But this is a new way of giving myself just an hour to get ready uninterrupted. And it not only means I'm getting ready faster, but I'm finding my whole day is a lot more peaceful. It is something I'm constantly having to fight, but this is a really good thing when I can do it. And how I found that I've made it work this time more so than other times is in order to, especially in the mornings, make it work, is I need to give my brain something new to do. So in that hour, as I'm getting ready, I tend to play an audiobook. So it's now become my special reading time whilst getting ready, and I highly recommend it. And I'm finding I'm just so much more focused throughout the day. 
Thank you so much for the questions. This podcast couldn't happen without your voice notes. So I really appreciate anyone who's taken the time and energy to send a question my way. If you want to be in a future episode, then send an email to inallhonesty at mindsetforlife.co.uk. The email address will be in the description below. In the meantime, go pre-order my new book, The Joy of Being Selfish. It's all about boundaries. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you'll love my new book because it's the best thing I've ever written. And I'm also manifesting a bestseller and pre-orders really help with that you can follow me on instagram at scarred not scared or the same username on twitter or tiktok you can get my first book am i ugly or watch my ted talk have you hated your body enough today if you're loving the podcast so far make sure to leave me a review and don't forget to hit subscribe and thank you so much for listening to the first season i hope you've enjoyed it and we will be back next year for a whole new season I hope you have a lovely Christmas and New Year. I look forward to speaking to you in the new year. Unless you follow me on Instagram, in which case I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Or in an hour. (laughs) Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.